Lockdown Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening and welcome to the Locked On Pistons podcast, your episode for Friday, May 18th. Pistons searching for diamonds in the rough with some new technology out here at the NBA Combine. This is your boy Matt Shook, the host of Locked On Pistons, also an AP freelance writer out in Chicago covering the NBA Pistons fan, my whole life sports newspaper reporter for over a decade as well. And it is Combine Week, going to be running down what goes on there here at the NBA Combine, a pretty interesting experience to be on the inside. Also looking ahead to the basketball and NBA 2K League weekends ahead. Also here from one of the local prospects in the draft, Miles Bridges of Michigan State, a probable lottery pick for the Spartans as well. And talk about the big innovation that the Pistons are using as they interview players here at the Combine. And our Pistons playoff playback today takes us back to 2006, where it was not all bad against LeBron James in the playoffs, contrary to what you possibly might remember. But basketball still continues this postseason. You should be listening to Lockdown Warriors, Lockdown Rockets, Cavaliers, and Celtics as well. Also, the Lockdown NBA podcast has you covered for the rest of the NBA season and beyond. It is now a daily show that uh, you can check out there as well. But like I said, NBA Draft Combine continues and concludes today in Chicago. This is my second year covering it as a freelancer. And, of course, everyone is here as far as basketball personnel, um, coaches, front office uh, members, if you are lucky enough to follow a team that has a coach and a front office member. But um, some former Pistons dignitaries too as well. I hope to corner some of them today for interviews. We will see. I have some work to do for other publications as well on the the paid side, so to speak. So it's pretty wild. Not that I do get paid for this podcast, but not a lot. And and all that, so it's pretty wild to look around and see, you know, guys like Magic Johnson and Larry Larry Bird as the uh, the the, the on court happenings continue, the measurements continue, the workouts continue. Um, I've been doing the sports writing for a while, been in a lot of locker rooms, ran into a lot of players, and covered a lot of cool events, but not many people that make you do a double take as they walk by. But I would say Magic and Larry qualify there. You know, much of the NBA media is here as well. Uh, I didn't get as much done as I would have liked to yesterday for this podcast in terms of searching down prospects and doing some other things and and other off-the-wall interviews because, you know, we're back in the media room waiting for prospects so I can do stories. I was doing a story for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch on Thursday and was doing a story on Jonte Porter of Mizzou, who's kind of an interesting uh, player uh, and prospect, possibly for the Pistons, who might fall into the second round, the early part of the second round. But I, you know, we're waiting an hour and a half for him, and he never did show up for his uh, scheduled four. I believe it was about three, three thirty. Actually, no, at two thirty time. And then the the folks in the the people running the the media portion of the combine, they're kind of wrangling these guys as they get off the court doing the games and the workouts. And obviously, Porter's not a guy who's doing five on five, so he's a tough guy to to track down and. You know, was there a miscommunication? Did Jonte Porter even know he had to do media? I'm guessing at some point he did, so he probably knew and and escaped out. Um, it doesn't matter. Is it that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things? Obviously, no. Nobody cares about media and, and what we're kind of dealing with. But you know, you have you have people coming up from Columbia, Missouri, to try to talk to him, and in St. Louis and all that kind of stuff. People coming from Kansas City uh, to talk to Jonte Porter at the combine, and then he has uh, one day of shooting and doesn't show up for his media availability. So it's kind of interesting, you know, uh, woe is us. I mean, again, nobody cares, but 
Um, so that, that's what caused me to miss a lot of what went on out on the court for game one. I, I saw game one, but not some of the other scrimmages that were going on because you get the media separate area uh, from the, the games that are going on out there. I did see Alizé Johnson of Missouri State, who I'm going to be writing about today. In his first game, played well, a double-double, and uh, knocked down some shots. Got more, interest, got more um, comfortable as the game moved along. But another interesting thing about the Combine is where it takes place. It's, it's called Quest Multi-Sport Complex, and it's in Chicago, kind of uh, a little bit on the southwest side, um, southwest of uh, United Center. I know there's there's more extreme south uh, south parts of Chicago and, and west parts of Chicago, obviously, but as you, as you talk about downtown, the, the United Center is a little bit southwest of downtown, and then the Quest Multi-Sport Complex is even more, a little, just a little bit more southwest of, uh, of the United Center. It's not like it's uh, at an NBA arena like the Lucas Oil Stadium that the NBA Combine or the NFL Combine has. Um, the complex was developed by Tim Grover, the former Michael Jordan trainer, who also trained guys like Dwayne Wade, Scottie Pippen, Luol Dang, and I believe he was uh, involved in training Kobe Bryant a little bit too. He built the place, but then got foreclosed on. There was just not a lot, not a, not enough stuff going on there. Obviously, those guys come in in the off season. Um, and, and pay big money, I would guess, for Tim Grover's services, but not enough going on to sustain the year round. It's in, kind of in the in the medical area that they got the medical center with Rush and uh, and a couple other hospitals out there. That uh, UIC University of Illinois Chicago has a kind of a medical district out there. Now that the the Quest Multi Sports Center got foreclosed on, they changed names. And they host AAU stuff. They do personal training still. There's a minor league basketball team that plays uh, there as well, or has played there. Some of those leagues are uh, questionable whether they're continuing year in and year out. But um, it's, like I said, outskirts of the medical area. But it, it's interesting because we were leaving the place yesterday about 7 o'clock, uh, maybe 7.30. Um, one of the NBA officials said, make sure you don't turn west because it's a really bad neighborhood. I didn't know that last year. I actually did turn west and uh, found the Green Line train up there. But uh, the Blue Line trains a little bit to the east, head towards the medical district. But it's interesting. They have all these dignitaries, all these prospects, and they're said, you know, don't go west because it's a bad neighborhood. There's a homeless shelter uh, right nearby that um, just kind of a, a lot of homeless people walking around. And then the, the neighborhood around it isn't all that much better. I remember I thought they had thought I might have some dogs attacking me as I was walking uh, towards the um, – the, the train last year, uh, never not not to be the, the dogs didn't uh, didn't want me at that point, but uh, but they're kind of some rough times going towards the west out of the Quest Multi Sports uh, complex last year. But I was wised up and went east this year instead. But as for the Pistons, Jeff Bauer is here. Hopefully he stays to the east as well. And uh, Pat Garrity, assistant general manager, is here as well. As we mentioned, and as has been reported by the others throughout the media. Those guys are still under contract through June 30th. Jeff Bauer is rumored to be possibly coming back to the Pistons, possibly even in the director of basketball operations or president role uh, in charge of the front office, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. But according to Keith Langlois, who's also here um, with the Pistons, he passed along the full roster of people that are here for the Pistons. And that's, I guess that includes Jeff Bauer and Pat Garrity, who I saw yesterday. And also Jeff Nix, assistant general manager, Adam Glesner of the front office, assistant coach Charles Klask, and strength coach Jordan Sabarin. So um, a, kind of a full cast of people here for the Pistons, despite the fact that those people 
Uh, you know, I don't know whether they're going to have jobs in about a month as the draft preparation continues for the Pistons. As for on-court NBA action, no basketball until Saturday night. The Celtics and Cavs will resume Game 3 with the Celtics up 2-0 heading back to Cleveland. The Rockets and the Warriors on Sunday night in Game 3. That's a split right now. Enjoy it. You know, big weekend of basketball. No analysis here. Who knows what's going to happen. Uh, I guess I would be shocked if Golden State didn't win on Sunday but I'm done predicting Cleveland. Whatever happens, I'm guessing it will be pretty good theater with uh, LeBron James and the Boston Celtics there. And as for the NBA 2K League, the Pistons open the weekend of the NBA 2K League tonight playing Bucks Gaming at 7 o'clock in New York City. You can catch that on Twitch at 7 o'clock Eastern. Pistons 1-0. Pistons GT 1-0 in the regular season. Bucks Gaming 0-1. We will see how that goes. These guys met very first game of the preseason tournament with the Pistons GT getting the 49 to 44 wins. So we will see how that goes. We're going to be talking more about the combine here today and how the Pistons are separating themselves a little bit from the pack, a little bit of a unique thing with their interviews that is going on. We're also going to hear from Miles Bridges of Michigan State. But if your company wants to reach men between the ages of 18 and 44, you should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Pistons is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 to 44. So if that demo sounds good to you, this is your spot. And we got reasonable rates. So go ahead and email me at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, at Yahoo.com to find out more. Yes, sir! Pistons playoff playback a little bit later on in the show. Going to be revisiting a time that the Pistons actually get the best of LeBron James in a playoff series since we can't live in the present with the Pistons in the playoffs. We will relive some of the glory days of the past. But like we said, at the NBA Combine this week, Pistons holding interviews starting on Wednesday, had some more on Thursday, have some more on Friday today as well. The Pistons were using virtual reality goggles that the players would put on as part of the interview and put them in this 360-degree virtual reality scenario on a basketball court um, as players where they'd put them in game scenarios and then the interviews, interviewees uh, asked the interviewers, asked the interviewees, what their decisions would be on certain types of game situations. So an interesting uh, use of technology there that was, you know, probably obviously started during the Stan Van Gundy era and brought in by the uh, the old regime, which possibly could be similar to the new regime. We'll, we'll see as time goes on. Uh, some thoughts about this. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's kind of cool. You can maybe do some innovative things with it. Most of the guys that they were interviewing that talked to the media about it said they were getting, you know, 12 out of 12 scores and stuff like that. But maybe they did weed out some guys I don't really know but uh you know nice to try some things hopefully that wasn't the entire interview I'm sure it wasn't uh but you only have a certain amount of time to get to know some of these guys obviously there's plenty of tape and plenty of you know five on five stuff at the combine too but more more so the tape that you've seen over the years as far as whether these guys have on-court basketball smarts you'd like to think that most of that could be weeded out just from uh talented scouts watching uh you know some good tape of uh, of them throughout their college careers but uh, you know, just another tool. I guess I, I'm not going to – it's interesting because the Pistons are – you have an owner that's a little bit aloof, that's a little bit behind the eight ball, especially in the local market, and you have a team that that is really has kind of one strike against it in all forms of, of everything in the way that the media and the fans perceive them and, and media across the country and fans across the country, by the way, as well. The Pistons are kind of a joke right now. So when you do some things that are a little bit different, it's you maybe have a little bit more of a skeptical view of it. If this same exact thing was happening with the Boston Celtics or the Golden State Warriors doing it, I think there'd be a more favorable response from idiots like me 
and maybe listeners like you out there, but with the with Jeff Bauer, who is barely holding on to his job for possibly another month, is 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 pulling out these virtual reality goggles, and uh, players are talking about all getting twelve out of twelve on it. We might be making you know might be more inclined to make jokes about it, and maybe it is kind of a funny thing. But uh, you know, like I said, overall, it's good to see them trying to do some things. Obviously, all this stuff is colored a little bit differently with rose-colored glasses when they start winning some games and maybe turn into an organization that it looks like they have their their act together a little bit more um, than some of the perceptions that are seen from the outside here. So um, some of those guys that we're talking about it yesterday at the Combine are obviously guys that were interviewed by the Pistons and uh, from calling together some of the news reports, obviously there were Keith Langlois and Vince Ellis are here. Uh, Vince Ellis of the Free Press, James Edwards, third of the Athletic, Keith Langlois of Pistons.com. Those guys are all here in, in Chicago. I haven't seen Rod Beard. Um, I don't believe that he is here. Uh, Matt Charbonneau of the Detroit News is here, kind of covering from Michigan State angles with Miles Bridges and whatnot. But um Calling together from some of those reports as I was you know, standing around waiting for John Tay Porter a lot of the day yesterday, according to those guys, uh, V. McCalick, who I did talk to of Kansas and confirmed that he you know, interviewed with the Pistons as well, uh, Shake Milton of uh, Southern Methodist at the SMU, Tony Carr of Penn State, Brian Bowen of Saginaw, who's never really played in college because he had the um, – the booster issues with the NCAA uh, with Louisville, and now he's moved on to South Carolina. But uh, here's here's guessing that he probably never plays in the NCAA. Kevin Harvey of uh, Texas Arlington and Devontae Graham, the very accomplished point guard out of Kansas, are guys that have already met with the Pistons. We'll find out some more today as well. But another prospect that was there that uh, that is there that did not meet with the Pistons is not playing five on five because as most lottery picks don't do, you don't really play five on five at the combine if you have something to lose. It's only those you know late first round and maybe second round guys that are trying to move up in the draft and trying to prove some things with uh, you know some of the deficiencies that are talked about in their game and trying to show that some of those things are ironed out. If you watch it on TV, the games are disjointed. They're obviously perimeter oriented. Um, just a chance for those guys to kind of show what they can do in game time situations, though. But guys like Miles Bridges are sitting out of those. Miles, as we know, we thought he'd come out last year after freshman season in East Lansing, but he stayed for one more year, and obviously was a big disappointment of a season as they even didn't even win the the Big Ten uh, championship there, which was won by Michigan, and then the. Uh, the Spartans bowed out in the second round, losing to Syracuse at home at Little Caesars Arena in a disappointing effort where they couldn't figure out the Jim Beheim 2-3 zone, missed all sorts of three-pointers, clanged uh, against the rim all day long on, a, on an afternoon, Sunday afternoon in downtown Detroit. But here's Miles meeting with the media on Thursday at the NBA Draft Combine. So what's, uh, what's this process been like for you? I'm honest, I was blessed to be here. Um, so the interviews are General questions about me, what I know about me, what I do on the court, and all that type of stuff. Did they ask you about your mindset last year when you chose to stay? Is that something that comes up quite a bit? Yeah, that came up a little bit. Um, they were kind of impressed with that. Um, so, staying was a good one. When, when they say they're impressed with that, what, like, what, what's their response? When you, what do you tell them and what's their... I mean, I'm just saying, like, I, I stayed so I can mature. Um, and they respect that about me, so... Do you feel like if you'd gone through this, knowing what you've gone through since the end of the season a year ago, you would have been ready for it? I feel like I would have been ready for it, um, but I feel like I'm more ready for it now. Do you have any teams that are kind of just set up? Yeah, I said that. Charlotte first? 
advice that you got you know from somebody throughout this process uh, just stay level-headed um, be honest about every answer as you give them during interviews look them in the eye all that type of stuff how did the interview with the Clippers go? I went great what do you, you know about the Clippers? what do you know about that franchise? yeah I was, I was a big fan of the Clippers when um, CP3 Blake Griffin um, all those guys they're very exciting to watch um, and LA is a great city Maybe impressions about your interview with Charlotte tomorrow. <laughs> kind of in the market for Williams right now. Let me know, BT. Uh, I mean, Charlotte's a great city. They have a great program. They're definitely on the rise. Uh, great player, Kimball Walker, uh, Dwight Howard. Uh, great team. What's your sense of how your game translates to the NBA? You talk to teams about that, and you got a feel for it. Yeah, I feel like I'd be versatile in regard. Uh, I play any position on the floor. I can play any position on the floor. Um, so that definitely translates to have teams asked you directly what position you see yourself as? Yeah, they, they ask me that all the time, and I just say I don't have a position. How much mentally stronger have you got? You know, and everything you had to go through at state highs and lows, man, just how much mentally stronger has that whole process made you this year? Uh, I mean, it definitely prepared me for this. Um, definitely for, for the NBA, because you're going to take W's and L's in the NBA. So I feel like me going through Michigan State, going through a losing period and a winning period kind of helped me. How do you think you could fit in with the Sixers, with you know, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid? I mean, I feel like any team within that draft range is a great fit for me. Um, Philly's a great team, obviously, to make the playoffs. They have great players, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. And um, every outfit in with everything. Well, what really stood out to you about them this year? I know you said making the playoffs, but what have you, have you watched them and yeah, what I'll are some of the things that stood out? I mean, they get out and run the transition. That's, that's basically what they do. Miles, the Knicks need a small forward desperately. The Knicks. What about playing in New York? Is that a little intimidating? I know you were there for the tournament. What do you, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, to me, that's not intimidating. I mean, New York's a great city. A lot of tradition, basketball-wise. Um, I mean, New York is just a great city to play in. What about the roster? I mean, do you sense that they could use a player like you on that team? Um, like I said, in that 7-12 to 12 range, that's all a great fit for me. Um, New York would be a great fit for me, L.A., all those type of teams. Wanted to pass along some news also from Friday morning. Rod Beard of the Detroit News is reporting that Becky Hammond is on the radar for the Pistons in their head coaching search. The San Antonio Spurs assistant coach obviously would become the first female head coach in NBA history. We will stay tuned and see if that happens. And make sure you're one of the smart fans out there and one of the smart writers out there, too, that says Becky Hammond without a D. There is no D in Becky Hammond, not Hammond. It's Becky Hammond, not like John Hammond, the old uh, Pistons president. Actually, Rod actually had one Hammond in his article. He had one typo in there. So make sure as as fans and writers, we're the smart ones and say Becky Hammond with no D. 
at the end there as well. Pistons playoff playback today takes us back to 2006. The year after the Game 7 finals loss to the Spurs, the Pistons went 64-18 and under new coach Flip Saunders, winning the East by 12 games in that. Uh, sent the four guys to the All-Star game, the regular season to remember for Pistons fans. However, against the fourth-seeded Cavs, who beat Washington in the first round, there was a bit of a second-round scare for the Pistons. The Detroiters blew out Cleveland in Game 1 and took a 2-0 lead with a 6-point win in Game 2. Back in Cleveland, Detroit lost by 9 in Game 2, and then, uh, I'm sorry, they lost by 9 in Game 3 and then by 2 in Game 4. I was actually at Game 3 in Cleveland, took a road trip to go check out that one and saw the Pistons fall in Game 3. But then the Cavs, not only did they hold serve at home, in Game 5 they came to Detroit and got the victory with a 3-2 series lead. But Game 6, today's Pistons playoff playback on May 19th, 2006, 12 years ago tomorrow. The anniversary is actually Saturday. We're cheating a little bit here as we do on the weekend. But the Pistons went to Cleveland and earned an 84-82 victory. Sheed had 24 points to lead the way. An ugly finish for both teams. 17 points for Rip, 15 apiece for Chauncey and Tayshon. An and one for Sheed with three minutes left. He knocked down the free throw this time. And then Chauncey made a long two to put the team up four. However, it would get a little hairy down the stretch. LeBron and Chauncey Billups traded free throws the rest of the way. However... There would be a chance late in the game where uh, Rashid Wallace would miss two free throws with the Pistons trying to ice it. Um, and then, uh, fortunately for the Pistons, Flip Murray couldn't come up with that rebound, and Ben Wallace actually grabbed the offensive rebound, got it to Billups, and uh, got a foul for Chauncey to try two more free throws. He actually split. LeBron James gets the rebound with seven seconds left, takes it down. Ben Wallace stalking him around the three-point line. LeBron elects to not try to take the contested three and instead tries to drive it in and uh, draw the defense and pass it out to an open Flip Murray, who we actually got the pass off to, but the refs called a touch foul on Ben Wallace instead with 1.4 seconds left. That actually worked out well for Detroit as LeBron made the first, missed the second one on purpose, and Billups came in for the rebound from the baseline and actually got a hand on it and knocked it off of his hand and off the top of the backboard and almost in as the buzzer sounds, but the Pistons held on for an 84-82 win, 32 points and 11 rebounds for LeBron James in the loss. The Game 6 win set the stage for the Pistons to come home for an 18-point victory in Game 7 at home at the Palace as the Pistons held on against the King, held him off for one more year, setting the stage for a second straight Eastern Conference Finals matchups against the Miami Heat, one that would not go as well as 2005's seven-game series for the Pistons. But that's Pistons playoff playback for today. Hope you guys enjoy the weekend. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Pistons podcast, and have a good one, everyone.